Hello and welcome to the Read Entertainment Podcast, episode 357 for July 3rd, 2022, the day before the America Trader Day. And joining me this week is Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Besh. Oh, uh, th- this is. I was actually here to audition for the part of Aroa today. Was oh. is that position still available? It is, apparently, because uh, Aroa has, has told us that uh, at first it was he was going to be working the next four weekends. And then I I don't want to violate HIPAA. I know he doesn't care. Like I could I could come on here and say what happened to him, but I'm I'm still not gonna do that. I'll let him do that. Uh but he had some medical issues and so he's actually not working today, but he said that every time he laughs it hurts. Uh I tried to tell him that because this is the Reet and Entertainment podcast. There, there will, will be, be no, no laughing. Yeah, the, no, no laughing whatsoever is going to happen. Uh, so now we have Aroa. We have Connor Aroa Bash. Here I am uh, doing no laughs as per the request. Exactly. So, uh, of course, tomorrow is, is the 4th of July, but I don't care what you're doing. We're all going to drink and watch fireworks, right? That's what's going to happen? Uh, I'm on call. I can't drink. Oh no! Why can't you? Why can't you drink? It's not like you work at a hospital. I guess they don't want drunk people coming into operating rooms. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Hey. hey I... Did you try turning it off and on again? <laughs> We're in the middle of surgery. That's not an option. Ah, it's fucked. You try turning the person off and on again. Um. So anyway, where can we find you, uh, Connor? You could find me in all of my relevant social media links at aroa.website. Sorry, Aroa. I didn't mean to make you laugh a second ago. Uh, the one that I want to bring your attention to is Clinton's Core Classics, Rise of the Rune Lords, a first edition actual play podcast. And we are actually on our monthly break because we just finished season five. Yes. So so we're on a monthly break. So we're on a month break, I think is what you mean to say. Yes. After I finish a season, I take a month off just to like build a catalog and not have the, the impending doom of a one week release. It, yeah. it helps me mentally quite a bit. We've done in the past, we've done like interviews and stuff in in the interim, I believe. Um, Ironically, that was easier to do pre-COVID. Oh, yeah. Because like like we can message someone be like, hey, you want to do an interview? And like, we'll schedule some time. They're like, great. Yeah. And then anytime we try to get someone else, they're like, yeah, we're not really doing anything. uh, Or like their hobbies product will be on hiatus. They aren't advertising anything. Yeah ironically more difficult to get a hold of people now yeah well i was just wondering if if you could do something in between like uh a couple weeks and release like here are a bunch of bloopers that i've cut out and just Uh, have like a a blooper episode i am actually pretty pleased to say we don't make a lot of bloopers anymore well that's good like yes i do trim the episodes down a fair amount and most of that is just like Oh, we're going to look up a rule and make sure we're doing this right. Uh, da, da, yeah, we are. Okay. They don't need to hear we're that. Gonna, we're going to spend 45 minutes reading rules. But it, it just like it, it goes to show the fact that we've been doing this for like five years. We we know our stuff. We we know how to make a a pretty efficient program. Good. Good. Um. Anyway, we're going to move on to me. You can find me. I'm on a road website as well, but mainly go to my Twitter or twitch.tv forward slash Uh I stream on there Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. P- Pacific time. I am i don't know what game I'm going to play through next. I just beat a game. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but but I 
I think it's fun. I think I, I think I do a good job uh, streaming, and we'll talk about some of that in just a minute after I ask Connor what games he's played through or I played actually, this week. I, I haven't actually gotten to play too much of anything, uh, being on call and all. That yeah. being said, I have done a bunch of painting, like like a whole bunch of painting, and I, I I've been thinking about why maybe that is, and I I, I don't know, but. Damn it, I'm getting a lot of stuff done. Did you play Warhammer at all? I haven't got a game of Warhammer in uh, just, again, because I've been on call. Yeah. It's really hard to get stuff done when you're on call is uh, is what I'm learning. Oh, yeah. But painting is something that you could sort of like pick up and put down. Like the time it takes me to get to my phone and respond to something is the time it takes me to get the paint off my brush. Right. It's great for that. That's good. Um. For for me, the games I played. Oh, what did I play on Monday? I know I so on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, uh, I played Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, um, and I beat it on Friday because I knew on on Thursday when I ended it, I knew I only had a couple of hours left, if that. And so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it on Friday and beat it, and I did. Um, and the story's a little confusing, but it's, you know, it's a JRPG. They they kind of are convoluted in that sense. But it's a good game. Um, you played why, that Samurai game on Monday, right? Yes, yes. I'm going to talk about that. But uh, oh. on on Friday, so we have a program that we removed. We removed the server for. So it's a VoIP program. And we upgraded our, our VoIP, and we have moved on to that system. So we... We decommissioned finally after a few months our old server. And this does have to do with video games, I swear. I was going to say, for the sake of clarification, you're talking about at work right now, right? Yeah, yeah, at work, at work. And so I had a, a user who was like, hey, these eight computers at my office, can you remove the old VoIP program? And I was like, that seems like way more work than I want to do. Like, just remoting into every computer, like, there's like 200 computers that I'm going to have to remote into and remove this program, right? Or I could use a, a PDQ and, and try to get it done automatically through the network. And so I was talking to our system admin, seeing if he could set something up for that. And I got a message back from her, and she's like, hey, so I was told this was going to be done on Friday. And I almost, I, I thought about replying, yeah, I was going to do that, but all my Digimon are level 99 now <laughs> because I was totally just leveling up Digimon during work. Um, so don't do that. Don't reply with that. Uh, so anyway, I got all of my Digimon up to level 99 during work, so I just flew through the end of the game. May uh, I and ask it was if good. you did that on your Steam Deck? I, I did some of, some of it on my Steam Deck. Well, you work from home, don't you? Right. Yeah. 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 So, what I've been using my Steam Deck for is is actually like I want to grind a little bit, but I don't want to set up my computer. So when I'm laying in bed watching YouTube, I'll just be grinding enemies in like Cyberpunk or something like, or not Cyberpunk, uh, Digimon. So that is what's really good for that's one thing the Steam Deck is really good for, and I really I really like it. I think the Steam Deck is is great. It's a great device, and my order should be coming up here soon because I got one from a friend, and now our friend is going to 
get the one that I was going to order. Because they, well, they messaged me today and they told me that they're going to have enough money to buy it. So I'm pretty mad about that because I wanted two Steam decks, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, then I played, uh, I had played and beat Trek to Yomi and that game was also pretty good. I, I really liked it. There are multiple endings, but there, you don't really choose the endings. It's, it's like, it's a pretty binary choice. I think there are technically three, technically four endings. There's the three main endings and then there's like a fourth secret ending that you can get. Okay. Um, I will say that. I'm not great at like parry, dodge, you know, block type games like like Dark Souls or whatnot. But this game was incredibly easy. So I played on the normal difficulty. You may want to, if you do play this game, it's on uh, Game Pass. If you do play Trek to Yomi, maybe bump it up to hard because it is honestly a little too easy, even for me. But. I beat that game. So I beat two games this week, Trek to, uh, Trek to Yomi and Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. Uh, one thing that was really weird, you were in there that night on, I believe, Tuesday when I was playing the game, and I, I noticed that my stream was not running at a full 60 frames a second. Oh, right, right, of course. It was running at, like, 45 out of 60 frames a second. And I was like, that is so weird, because... Nobody in the stream, nobody that was watching noticed. I noticed because I'm seeing how the game's actually running, and then I look down and I'm like, that seems like like it's jittery. Like it sh it's not running at 60 frames a second. And so uh, I, it turns out that I have the Avermedia uh, 513 uh, camera. And I also have the Avermedia 313 camera, which I use as my kitty cam. <laughs> the best part of the entertainment stream. So, uh, you know, my girlfriend's cat will jump up on my lap and I'll switch it to cat cam so people can, can see the cat. Well, I was running that through Avermedia's cam software. And having the Avermedia cam software in my streaming program takes off 15 frames a second from the stream. So it's running at 45 frames a second instead of 60. So weird. I still have the kitty cam. So I disabled the, the onboard or the software that came with it. I disabled that and just hooked up the cam directly into mm -hmm. the thing, and it runs at 60. It's just the software fucks it up. Are you running? Because I know you have the one that's on you. Is it turning off the one that's on you and then swapping to the kitty cam, or... Is it a, I they're wonder both, what, what, what's going on with the process. Yeah, they're both technically active, but it's just that software because I still have both of them act like I, what I do is I have two of the exact same uh, scene, but one has the kitty cam and one has the, has, has the face cam. It's like the software doesn't have enough threads to, to handle both inputs at the same time or something. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, well, and here's the thing I had. Um, the, the main camera, the, the face cam, it was directly, it was not going through that software, that cam software, but the 313 was going through it. So I think it's just that software fucks it up. 
and my Must computer be. is my computer is definitely strong enough to to do that. Oh, and I know you got my message, but you didn't say anything about it. Uh, this isn't really a story, but I want to talk about it anyway. Um, graphics cards are at MSRP now. Oh man, I I didn't actually look at that when you clicked it. Five hundred bucks for a thirty-seven. Oh god, damn it, Nathan. I, well, yeah, I know, and you could get a thirty eighty for eight hundred dollars. So they're actually at MSRP. Uh, uh. <laughs> the the problem with the Best Buy one is you do have to go into the store to get it, but that's I'll do that. Whatever. That's a small price to pay, right? To get a, a GPU at MSRP, hell yeah. I, I will know. put one foot in front of the other right into that Best Buy. <laughs> exactly. So, um, God damn it. I'm going to... Pr- fuck. Yeah, I know. Damn it. God I damn it. I'm, I am I almost bought a 1650 Super. Uh, Super. I didn't... Because I want to up... Well, I've already upgraded my graphics card in my streaming computer, but I want the new-ish, the, the next, the, the NVE, NVENC 2.0. Because uh, mm-hmm. right now I'm only running at 1.0, but it doesn't matter that much. I need to keep telling myself that it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, is that really going to impact the stream? That's going to handle like your ability to store and retrieve data. It, like if you wanted to get into videos again, I guess. No, 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 no. Well, first off, I already have a 3070 in my main computer. So if I'm editing videos, I'm going to be doing it on that. But the it would make the stream look slightly better. How much? five percent maybe 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 it's it, it won't matter it nobody's gonna fucking notice except for me <laughs> and but that's you why take i'm not that doing money it. and you, you could give it to your old friend cyberpunk monk i i will not do that i actually I did think if you i was like you know if you don't have enough money for a 3070 uh i i was like i could spot you the money and then you could you could pay me back later but We'll talk about that later. I got to um, think about it. Yeah. So we're going to move on. We're actually going to talk about some news stories. News. Um, also, That's by the way, here. By the way, uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, way better than it has any right to be. Like, it's, it's a good I'm game. glad you liked it. I, uh, I, I'm sure you noticed by my commentary that it's perhaps not my type of game. No. But um, if uh, I, I'm glad to see that the Digimon IP in general is being used. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, something from my childhood that hasn't gone stale and died or been replaced. That's that's good. Well, and one thing I appreciate about it, uh, as opposed to like Pokemon, is that at least Digimon games are different. Yeah. So they they, they try something new uh, most of the time. But we're going to move on, and we're actually switching. If you look in the comments or the section below the description, a couple of the stories are going to be switched around. Uh, I wanted a little bit of a narrative here. So we have... Okay, I could adapt. Um, so what do you think about uh, like upgrading your body with cybernetic wares? What do you think the cyberpunk monk thinks about cybernetic wares? What do you think the guy who saw the Adeptus Mechanicus and was like, oh, my people? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty down with it. Transhuman him all the way, man. All right, so... Uh, apparently, there. This is from Ars Technica. Smart contact lens prototype puts a micro LED display on top of the eye. Yeah, they're doing um, it. It's it's primitive, but they're doing it. So, so this is we. There's a few caveats here. First off, there is a computer attached to it that is wirelessly sending 
data to the the uh, screens in your eye. And, and let, let me just interject and be like, duh. Well, yes, but like they have to. Uh, it's like a necklace, like a giant computer necklace that like hangs around your neck. I'd wear one of these just cause it's fashionable, homie. Um, well, here's the thing though. If they make these like, and they actually, uh, go to market, how much do you want to bet there's going to be like a, a Android app that's released with it uh, and you can just really? run it from your phone? Nathan, I don't know about that, though. These are my eyes are talking about. I don't want them to be communicating on the same radio frequencies that anybody has access to in their pocket. Well, yes. Is but... the only caveat I have with that. That being said, yes, you would expect to see something like this. Communicate slave to your phone. Yeah. It says uh, the contact lens sounds like a potential, even if it's more dis- uh, to be even more discreet than AR headgear posing as regular Ray bands. So what they're saying there is there are um there's some AR that they're working on, augmented reality like sunglasses that look just like normal sunglasses. But mm-hmm. having uh something like a contact lens in there is going to look better than having those sunglasses on. Uh but it's... the current so the current prototype uses a relay accessory as Moto Vision's rep put it. Worn around the neck, it includes a processor, GPU, and a 5 gigahertz radio for sending and receiving data to and from the eyes. Um, The accessory also sends information back to computers that track eye movement data for research. Um, I would assume that that data wouldn't, like, if it were released in the in the wild, you could even you could turn that off. Like, you wouldn't have to send data to the the network or whatever. and they said here in the comments that at the heart of the lens is a micro LED display with 14,000 pixels per inch. Uh, it's just 0.02 inches in diameter, which is about 0.5 millimeters in diameter, uh, with a 1.8 micron pixel pitch, which apparently is 280 pixels. So not a, not a huge amount of pixels there. I mean, it's still cool that you could see icons over your eyes in augmented reality. Yeah. I'm not undermining any of this. I'm just not impressed. But no, I am impressed by it. I'm just not convinced this is practical yet. There are a few things that I think it would be really good for. Um, like, obviously. Presidential elections when you need to have lies fed to you one letter at a time. Well, no, because you're going to be. It's so close to your eyeball. Um, And the they. They were arguing about that in the comments, but basically I'm sure they're going to have it like look further away than it actually is. Of course, yes. Um, And so I could see it for something like that, actually, where like it's a teleprompter. So instead of looking at a tele, like one of three teleprompters, you can look at people or in their general vicinity and look like they're you're actually talking to them. Um, I think another thing that would be really good would be um, like maps, like getting directions uh, fed to you, like turn left at blah, blah, blah. So you don't have to look at your phone and see where you have to turn. Um, The best application I've seen to date of augmented reality is when I got to play around with the HoloLens at work. mm -hmm. And the idea that we could go into a networking closet that was set up for this sort of service. And I could just look at the switch and I can tell exactly what port is connected live where it's going to its address and i was like this would save me hours of my life 
that would be amazing too because it'll happen someday we will get there someday yeah i hate networking closets hate them so much uh because like no matter how much cable management you do it's always a clusterfuck I've, uh, I've gotten some good network closets. I, I take my time, I do my cable management, and I'm just scary enough to intimidate anyone from fucking that up. Yeah, thankfully, I don't have to set up the network closets. They're already there. But I have had to go into them and be like, all right, why is port 64 not active? That should be active. And then I go in there, and I don't have a spare Ethernet cable. Um, and there always should be, in, a, in any network closet, there should be a few spare Ethernet cables. I've made so many Ethernet cables yeah. just in the networking closet. Yep. I, I, I could probably do that. No, I can't do it with eyes closed. You got to see which wire is going where. But like, yeah. uh, the, as far as like gauging distance and stuff like that, I've gotten very good at that. Yeah. I want my first IT job. My boss did not want to make Ethernet cables anymore. He was like, I've been doing it for like 15 years now making ethernet cables and running them that's your job learn how to do it so like my first month there i did nothing but make ethernet cables and so i got pretty good at it but yeah so i i've gone into networking closets and um had to just figure out what port you know where that wire was what port that is on and i think that ar for that would be really good uh i would imagine that would take a lot of time to set up for sure but like you would build your infrastructure with that in mind you could have it pull automatically from like uh i think you could even get that the, the idea is you could use this with windows services like this is my windows activated server which already has all of this information available and it's going to communicate with I, I don't know azure services to pull this information mm -hmm. like it can be automated it's possible i think i think that that would be really good and i also think that uh like a google maps thing Right would be really good because uh, one of the problems we had when I was in the UK was there was a turn like the the roads there are not set up in a grid pattern like they are in the United States. So um, we're like you have to turn right onto a road and then immediately turn in left, and Google Maps was not fast enough to tell us to turn left. And so we missed that turn a couple of times before we ended up getting it. And I think having like an augmented reality where it shows you like, take this lane and then immediately take a left would be really cool. And the, the more saturated we get with this sort of tech, the better it's going to be. Right. We sort of just need to wait. Like I said, I'm very impressed, but I'm not yet convinced this is um, practical. Not yet. Not yet. I'm sure it will be. Uh, we're going to move on to our next story, though. So that's that's the cool side of cyberpunk. Uh, the bad side is from TechSpot, a newly developed algorithm may be able to predict crime a week in advance with 90% accuracy. I think, and I, I think I'm the last person anyone would expect to have this sort of opinion. I don't think this is as bad as it seems at first level, but I think we're going to use this technology to do some pretty terrible shit. I think we are. Um, I mean, obviously, the comparisons are being made to uh, Minority Report. Uh, if you ever, do you ever see that movie? No, but I, I know just from being in, it's been Alive. saturated in pop culture for like twenty years now. 
Uh, but in Minority Report, they had three crack babies in a bathtub with wires hooked up to their head. That's This is not my requested cyberpunk dystopian future. Yeah. Uh, so... This is from Taxbot. It says, uh, in what sounds suspiciously like the plot of Minority Report, just without the precognitive uh, psychics floating in a photon milk bath, an algorithm, yeah, an algorithm has been developed that can pre- predict future crime one week in advance with an accuracy of around 90%. The algorithm was developed by social scientists at the University of Chicago. It's your fault, Connor. No, um, that's not how that works who used historical data on violent crimes, homicides, assaults, and batteries, and property crimes, burglaries, thefts, uh, and motor vehicle thefts within the city to test and validate the model. These crimes are chosen as they are less likely to experience the kind of enforcement bias often present in drug-related and similar offenses. And by splitting cities into 1,000-square-foot spatial tiles, the algorithm is able to identify patterns and try to predict future crimes, which it does with a reported 90% accuracy, according to the study published in human nature or nature, human behavior. Um, it's not just Chicago where the algorithm had seemingly precognitive ability to predict crime. The system worked well after feeding it data from other U S cities, Atlanta, Austin, Detroit, uh, LA, Philadelphia, Portland, and San Francisco. Now here's the thing reading through that. It doesn't, it's not necessarily like Minority Report because Minority Report was very specific. The crack babies um, would find a better name for him, by the way. <laughs> yes, the, the, the precogs is what they're called in the movie. Um, yes, the psychers. Yeah, the, the psychers uh, would actually be like, this person is going to commit this crime at this place at this time. And, uh, they would be able to pinpoint what's going to happen. I think that they kind of do this, but they kind of say a theft is going to happen in this area uh, at this time, but it won't like say who it is or where exactly it's at. Looking um, at the the data model prescribed, we could tell that it is very statistically possible that, I don't know, a carjacking would happen within a 1000 cult. Uh, I almost said 1,000 kilometer. Whoo! A one kilometer radius of the previous jacking. It's it's yeah. using data to to make predictions. This is nothing new. Yeah. It's just funny that we could take big data sets directed towards people, and that data still ends up you know working the way we would expect it to. Yeah, yeah. And and th- um, this is data. Like it. This is something that I'm sure police officers and stuff have done in the past. Uh, that and and said like they've just used a human to to work it out and be like okay this area tends to have burglaries at this time so there's probably going to be one you know that shows up um so i'm sure that they've done that in the past but i mean that's the idea of having beats you you sort of want to know what's going down in your beat exactly uh and we've spoken about how uh they disproportionately put cops in like minority areas and that makes the crime rate there higher because when there's a cop that's looking to spot crimes in that area, they're going to find more crimes than if somebody's in an area or if then if no cop is in an area, so he's not able to spot crimes. Um, but I, I mean, this is interesting, but I don't know. 
what they're going to necessarily do with this data other than say, okay, we need more police officers in this part of Chicago. And I can tell you what they go on, please. My apologies. uh, No, no, I was going to say, and also will it, they've, they've tested it in big cities, you know, Atlanta, Austin, Detroit, LA, Philadelphia, Portland, San Francisco, San Francisco, and Chicago. Um, but what about smaller rural areas? Will this algorithm work to predict crime in, you know, Podunk, Texas or something? I'm willing to bet it would. I, I bet it's, it would, it's, but I don't know how accurate it's going to be. So here's what, you know, like me being a data scientist looking at this, it gives you ideas for like, huh, there is a disproportionately high amount of um store robbery what I'm, I'm just pulling stuff out of my butt here right now but you could take that and you could say well what's what are the factors that are causing this and instead of you know putting a, a police officer at a curb maybe you could turn around and take some of that money and use services that provide food to people that way instead of robbing places they could just get the food they need that would but be nice that won't instead happen. we're we're gonna put a, a cop with a m4 on the rifle and you know, they're probably going to end up killing kids or something. And they, that's, that's America. That is America. Nothing we can do. Nothing, Nothing we, we can do. do. Anyway. Thoughts um, and prayers. Yeah. Fucking. Anyway, we're going to move on to something uh, a little more lighthearted and then really, and then quite a bit more uh, lighthearted. But first thing that's a little more lighthearted is uh, how, how much do you want to use Windows 11? Uh, I'm actually like, I, sort of forced myself to put my my foot in the toe at least the machine that i do the editing for clinton score classics on has been on windows 11 for like half a year now and it's fine it's fine i it's fine i've i've told you my gripe with it it's it's a really silly gripe but i want them to fix it they redid the taskbar so you can you can either have it on your main monitor or all of the monitors but all right but I like having my taskbar on a secondary monitor, not my main monitor, and I don't like it across all the monitors. See, I usually use my my Surface as a, a like ninety percent of the time, unless I'm actually doing like sitting down and editing on it. I use it as a tablet, so it's I do, I usually don't even see my search bar. That's such a not issue for me. Yeah. So one of the big problems with uh with Windows eleven is that there's certain hardware it won't work on because it has a uh, a TPM is or yeah TPM yeah. chip requirement, which is a, a trusted platform module, basically a little bit of encryption. So, uh, TPM module 2.0 has to be on it, which only like the 8000 series of Intel processors and up, and Ryzen 2, Ryzen Gen 2. So anything before those, you cannot install Windows 11 on. I have on my on my secondary streaming computer, I have a Ryzen 1700, so I can't install Windows 11. But Rufus, have you ever used Rufus? I use Rufus. Use not every time we get a new image, which is not once a month, but like every two or three months. But yes, I use Rufus quite frequently. Yeah, yeah. Rufus is nice. Uh, basically, what you do is you can you write images to. Uh, a boot device. To do boot, boot device, whether it be a CD, most likely a USB. And 
Uh, they have with the new beta of Rufus, what, uh, 3.19, you can actually tweak the install of Windows 11 so that it removes those requirements. First off, you can remove the TPM 2.0 requirement. You can remove the four gig uh, gigabytes of RAM and 64 gigabytes of storage requirement. By the way, I get that. Please don't install Windows 10 or 11 on a 64 gig drive. That's that is a that you're asking for problems if if you have something on a 64 gig drive. I would be hard pressed to find a drive. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like Chromebooks? Maybe and even if maybe you have a Chromebook. No. I've seen I haven't even seen Chromebooks that small. Yeah. Um and then here's so the one that I like is Windows 11 is going to start requiring you to like sign into a Microsoft account like with no way to bypass it. But with Rufus one of their new things is remove requirement for an online Microsoft account. So they disable that. And then the last one is you can actually disable data collection. So it skips all the privacy questions. Will you be for your work? You said you use Rufus. Uh-huh. I'm assuming you don't use windows 11 at work. Correct. We, um, we have an LTSC at work. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means, but okay. Uh, Long-term service something contract. The the idea is we're only going to get the bare minimum of updates to make sure that our systems don't have any unpredicted vulnerabilities introduced to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you on Windows 7 or are you on Windows 10? We are on Windows 10. Uh, That was actually what I was originally hired for, was to help with the migration from 7 to 10. And then, hey, as it turns out, they had a lot of shit they needed fixed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Windows, so so yeah, Windows 10 also doesn't end support until 2025, I think. So I think we're good on on Windows 10 for a while. Uh, but yeah, so I think that this is really cool if you're looking to get Windows, if you want to get Windows 11, uh, but you have like an older computer. Like I have a computer, my laptop is not good enough to run Windows 11 technically. It has 16 gigs of RAM and a four-core eight, uh, four-core eight-thread processor with an SSD. But because it doesn't have a TPM chip 2.0, it can't run that. It can't run Windows uh, 11. So I could theoretically take this, put Windows 11 on it, and and or on a USB drive, and then install it onto my laptop. That can't technically run Windows 11. Uh, there are some caveats though. Uh, one caveat is officially not supported, so technically you might not get updates. Most likely you would still be able to get updates, but I, I would assume if Microsoft wanted to be a butt about it, they could disable Windows updates for you So because it's technically a hacked version of Windows. I wouldn't be surprised if that was, I mean, because what are they really benefiting from that? They well, they still want people purchasing Windows. They want the license availability for it. They what they really want is people who need to sign in with the Windows account, and being able to bypass that is going to be the most damning for them. Yeah, I I like it. I like it a lot. Um. Anyway, I think that that's cool. So if you have an older device, uh, check out Rufus Beta three point one nine if you want to use Windows eleven on it. And our last story of the day. Did you bring this up? Are you the one who wanted to talk about this? Yeah, I, I saw this and. 
my my heart grew three sizes. Okay, tell tell me about it. All right, so um, I'm gonna click on this so I could see the amount that was in yen. But there is a gentleman who wished to remain anonymous, who has said that he spent 5.6 million Japanese yen, which is approximately 40,000 USD, yes. on Nintendo stock, which allowed them to be permitted to the private stockholder meeting. At which point, if you are one of those highballers, it sounds like you get the opportunity to ask the chairheads questions. Yeah. This absolute king. This man I stand. His question? Hey, when are you guys going to make another F-Zero? I'm, uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, in the quote, word for word, it sounds like it was, of course, asked respectfully. But he was the, the answer they got back was like, we, um, we respect that people like our intellectual properties. And uh, we thank you for being a a fan. And it, it was such a, a not answer answer. But this motherfucker spent the approximate uh, translation of $40,000 to go, why aren't you making F-Zero? Yeah, it says <sighs> a fan who is based in Japan and used an online translator to, co- to communicate told Insider over... Twitter direct messages that he bought 100 shares at 56,430 yen a share in February after selling his stock in another company. He wished to remain anonymous, uh, but his Twitter handle translates to Momiji, uh, which actually, funny enough, I went to a place called Momiji uh, when I went to the coast and had some sushi. Uh, It was all right. He told Insider that he was a diehard Nintendo fan. After buying one unit of stock, 100 shares. He got the opportunity to attend the shareholders meeting, but he said it wasn't guaranteed uh, that he would be able to ask a question. There was a, uh, that was just a bonus. So technically you're able to go to the meeting, but you might not actually, during the Q&A, they might not pick you to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, a Nintendo representative confirmed that somebody needed to buy 100 or more shares of stock to access the shareholder meeting. Uh, he says, I've been playing Nintendo games since I was a child. Among all, uh, that sense of speed in F-Zero is the best. I will say that it is it is quite nice. Even on the SNES, the sense of speed was, was pretty good. That was the appeal. I remember being blown away by F-Zero. And F-Zero X, once again, uh, GX was also a great game, but maybe uh, maybe not as well appreciated, unfortunately. Is that the, the, the res- GameCube one? Correct. Yeah. The response that Furukawa gave, which has been translated to, it is realistically difficult to develop new titles and remakes, including for sequels, for every Nintendo game that people request. But we're grateful and appreciate the expectations that fans have for our games. I would have said, you paid forty fucking thousand dollars <laughs> to ask that one question. Cool. Yep. Yes. Um... The company's managing uh, executive officer gave a more opti- optimistic answer. This is all from Insider. It says, we are always considering how to develop new titles and remakes that can be enjoyed by many players. So they both gave non-answers. Right. Um, but, the I mean, this is certainly going to um, stir up a little bit of discussion in the Nintendo offices. And as somebody who does appreciate the F-Zero series that can hopefully only mean good things so if that's about what is it four hundred dollars a share forty dollars a share is it forty dollars a share yeah forty dollars a share 
uh, is what it ends up being because he bought a hundred shares. It spent forty thousand dollars. What is that? Forty forty dollars a share, right? Nathan, you're making this no fun by doing math. Well, what I'm saying, the reason I'm doing that is because in May, Nintendo announced that it's doing a 10 for 1 stock split, which would take effect October 1st. Uh, so it's going to make each stock worth less money. But they're going to have more stock available for people to buy. So it's only going to be like $4 a share instead of $40 a share. Um. And you know what they would do then is they would limit the introduction, the uh, the entry price to this meeting to like four hundred or more shares, probably something like that. They, it would probably, uh, that would also be you probably would just have to buy a thousand shares instead of a hundred shares. It's probably right. going to be the same price. Um, but that's also going to make it so that instead of having one hundred shares, he is going to have a thousand shares in Nintendo. Not, not that that really means anything. Like nothing's going to change for him, uh, but it is. It is pretty, pretty cool. Also, I'm not sure how the Japanese stock market works. At I all. also, ha- I, I barely, I, I, I just above entry level understand how the American stock le- market works. I don't, don't ask me about the Japanese stock market. Yeah. So, uh, all of this to be said, just so the guy could ask about about f-zero uh now we need somebody to buy a bunch of uh, sony stock and ask them about legend of dragoon you know that's not the worst idea i've ever heard man i've wanted like a legend of dragoon sequel since the playstation 2 came out i was like just do a remake i i wish there was more leniency with dead intellectual properties for other people to be like no one's doing so okay i'll do something with it i'm gonna do it yeah like there are so many old dead ip like f-zero or like f-zero to be fair nintendo might release an f-zero game sometime in the future but on the virtual console legend of dragoon hasn't been like they haven't done anything with it since 1990 what eight when it came out 1999 when it came out something like that it was it was a long time ago it's been it's been over 20 years. Like, I think at that point we can just say, hey, we're going to make an, a sequel and we don't have to pay this licensing fee or something like that. Uh, I would also I would also be okay with a remake that had um, better voice acting. If you They certainly couldn't do worse. <laughs> yes, they could. They could hire us to do the voice acting. Actually, at least it would sound better. The, it, we wouldn't be as compressed. Unless, I think unless that's up to me, to. isn't it? <laughs> well, I'll show you uncompressed. <laughs> You're like sixty four. Like it we could be. Um, we could record it all on Discord with the super low uh, bit rate streams. We're gonna and, run it through an old timey radio filter a couple times just to really get that crunch. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, so that's our that's our podcast for this week. We're a little shorter than normal. Um, I'm always short, but the the podcast That's a good itself. One. That's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. got a joke. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'll be back next week talking about more more stuff, more gaming news, more more political news, more tech news, and uh, hopefully, Arrowa will be back at some point in our lives. But I think he's still he's got three more weeks where he can't show up because he refuses to do it while he works from home. 
which I don't get. I think I think that'd be fine, right? You're on call right now. I am on call right now. If my phone starts going off, that means somebody is having a medical emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, th- well, actually, it, it means your com- a computer is having a medical emergency. Uh, if somebody is paging me, it means either somebody's having a medical emergency or I'm about to yell at somebody. Oh, I see. You actually have a pager? No, I have an app on my phone that's a pager. So, yes, yes, I do have a pager. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Uh, I think I might have told the story before, but uh, my old boss owned a funeral home as well. Mm-hmm. And he had the same pager as house did in house MD. And so he would always be asleep in his chair. Wayne would be, Wayne would be asleep in his chair and the pager would go off on the TV and Wayne would think that somebody would had died. So he would like wake up and like check his pager and be like, fucking house and go back to sleep at work because all of our, we do have physical pagers. I've actually um, sort of been forcing myself to work with them more lately. Yeah. Um, and they, there's no like customization. Every pager sounds the same as every other pager sound. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like in the cafeteria and they can't get a, like an anesthesia machine to turn on during surgery, my phone will go off and 200 people will look at their phones at the same time. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway. It's, we're very uh, well conditioned. Yeah. Anyway, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, Cyberpunk monk. I will see you next week. Thank you. All of you listener. Yeah, all thanks. one of you. Thanks, listener. Goodbye. Goodbye.